0: Up must come down. I saw a little video the other day of a, a little girl at a zoo. A little tiny girl, maybe a little bit bigger than Brindley's size, had a little like piece of lettuce or something and was holding it up to feed a giraffe. But the, but the child didn't let loose of the food. The giraffe didn't let loose of the food. And the child started going, as that as the big neck started going up, that child started elevating into the, into the air. Who goes up? Must come down Now see, you get a lot when you come to church. Those of you with small children, when you take them to see the giraffes, hold on, hold on. Don't let them get elevated into the sky. Who goes up must come down. Today I want to talk about the ascension of Christ. Last week we preached about the resurrection of Christ and I'm glad that I can report to you today. He is still risen. He is still resurrected. On your toughest days, remind yourself, I serve a risen Savior. But many times we don't preach as much, I don't think, about the ascension of Christ. But you know that Christ, after his resurrection, he stayed upon this earth for 40 more days. And the Bible said he preached to them, he taught them, he loved on them, he blessed them. Uh, There were many signs and infallible wonders that the Lord did among them and proved that he was who he said he was and he indeed was resurrected. But there came a time 40 days after the resurrection where Christ ascended from this earth and was taken up into the heavens and was seated at the right hand of God the Father. And that's what I want to preach about this morning. As I have studied this, as this topic has been on my mind and heart for several weeks now, I have come to realize there are so many awesome little nuggets that come from the ascension. There are some theological points even from the ascension that that can help us and, and bless us and remind us of the assurity in our walk with Christ, the ascension of Christ. Let me say this morning that this story of the ascension or this account of the ascension is not some kind of fairy tale. It's not something where authors looked and said, oh, this was a great story about Jesus and what a dramatic resurrection of Christ. And how can we just write something to end this and make this a super ending? No, this is not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. This is reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I'm preaching today. And if you believe it's a reality, say amen. Amen. So be it, right? So be it. Well, let me tell you the first thing I see from the ascension is this. Christ, position, Christ, position. Garth Brooks, the great philosopher from the 1980s or 1990s, had a song where he said, I've got friends in low places. Now, I'm not going to sing the rest of that because it's not a good lyric. But he said, i got friends in low places. This morning, I'm proposing to us as believers that we have a friend who is in high places. That is the Lord Jesus Christ who, after he ascended to the Father, his current position is on the right hand of the Father. Now, sometimes I watch the State of the Union Address. (laughs) Sometimes I flip the channel after a while, too. But sometimes I watch the State of the Union Address, and I see all the pomp and the circumstance. I see all the clapping, right? If you've ever watched those, both Houses of Congress and all the Supreme Court and all these people are seated in these prominent positions. If you look on the stage, you look at the platform, you see to the left of the president is the Speaker of the House. To the right of the president is the, the Vice, or I think I have that backwards, the Vice President and the House Speaker. They're seated there prominently on the stage. And it would be, you know, we would look at that and say they are seated in a powerful Position And and they are seated in a powerful position, but there is no more powerful position than the seat that is at the right hand of God the Father. Who is seated there? It's not Mohammed, it's not Buddha, it's not some philosopher, it's not some teacher or good man. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, why does that make this preacher excited this morning? Because I believe because he is seated at the right hand of the Father, I can pray bold prayers. I can pray faith-believing prayers. I can pray with confidence. My Lord is alive. My Lord is resurrected. My Lord has ascended. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is seated in full control and in total authority beyond any authority I could ever imagine. He is there. And if He is there seated in His rightful place, that means I can pray bold prayers. Do you pray do you pray? Have you been praying about something and maybe you're about to give up? And have you been praying about something and you just can't seem to see the answer coming or you feel fatigued in your prayers? Can I tell you this morning, with all that is within me, keep on praying. Keep on praying and let your faith grow in your prayers and who you pray to. There's a beautiful thing that happens when the faith of a believer comes in contact With Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Father. When I see him in all of his authority and all of his resources. And my faith rises and I believe what I'm praying. And those two things intersect. That is a breeding ground for answered prayer. That is a breeding ground for miracles even. Believe who we pray to. We have a friend who is in high places. Somebody say amen amen this morning. Not just Christ's position that I see from the ascension, but also Christ's power. Christ's power. When I am weak, then I am strong. I know I'm preaching to some people this morning. Some are watching online because they can't be here. Some are sitting here today. But you feel weak in yourself, in your flesh. You feel weak. But can I remind you that the ascended Christ, who is seated in his rightful position... He sent to us power. Somebody say that word power. Power, energy, strength. And even when my flesh is weak, I can be strong in him. I can be strong in the spirit. I can be strong in faith. You know, all of, the, all of us, this flesh over time begins to lessen, doesn't it? The aging process and the way. But on the inside, we can be renewed day by day through the power that is of Christ. It's Christ's power. What is this power that I'm talking about? Or who is this power that I'm talking about? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Can I call a time out? Everybody time out. Nobody's giving me a timeout. Nobody helped the preacher preach today. You know, give me a timeout. Can I take a time out and you not count it against my time? I'm good. I'll take that. 15 extra minutes right there. Thank you. Let me teach for just a second, if I could take just time out, take a little teaching moment here. The Holy Spirit, we believe in one God, don't we? We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, right? Monotheistic God in three persons, blessed Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about God the Holy Spirit a little bit this morning you know, I feel like sometimes that the most misunderstood person of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. I feel like that sometimes when the Holy Spirit is preached about or mentioned or talked about, there are different traditions, there are different belief systems, there are different barriers that have arisen. There's been confusion, there's been things that have been abused through the years that people have seen that, that made them upset. Let's put all that to the side and let's talk about the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When I talk about Jesus ascending to the Father, one of the proofs that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the chapter 2 of Acts. Because Jesus told the disciples, he said, it is expedient that I go away, it's to your benefit That I leave you, that I ascend, because if I go, I will pray to the Father, and he'll send to you another comforter. Who's he talking about? When you see that word comfortable, it's comforter. (laughs) It is a capital C. A person. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, when I get to the Father, I will pray to the Father. He will send to you another comforter. How do I know that Christ is indeed where he said he was going to be? He did what he said he was going to do. Because in chapter 2, he poured out the Holy Spirit upon the church. But whose idea is it to pour out the Holy Spirit upon believers? Whose idea was it to give us the Holy Spirit, to draw us to Christ, and to live in us, to baptize us, to give us gifts, to cause us to live fruitful? Whose idea was that? It was God's idea. It was God's the Father's. God the Father's idea. Jesus said, I will send to you the promise. Go read those scriptures. The promise of who? My Father. When someone has an issue with the moving of the Holy Spirit, a true, genuine, moving ministry of the Holy Spirit, that issue needs to be taken up with God the Father. Somebody should say amen this morning. Because it was God the Father's idea. Jesus said, I'll send to you the promise of the Father. God the Father decided that he would send the Holy Spirit to come upon the church, upon believers, upon you, and upon me. Then God the Son... You see it in John chapter 14. You see it in other places where Jesus, you see it here in the passage we used of Acts 1 through 11 that I'm preaching from this morning. Jesus instructed them to go wait for the promise of the Father, to wait for the Holy Spirit. He said, Will you please just consider going? He said, If you think it might be convenient, would you go? Would you wait? You kind of you don't have to. You kinda. did he did he was he wishy washy? The Bible said he commanded them to go. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Like that's a little bit more than just teaching. That's a little bit more than encouraging. Jesus commanded his followers. He said, "Wait here in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high, the promise of the Father, the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit." So, so when I see the work of the Holy Spirit, I see that it's the Father's idea. I see that it is the Son, Jesus' command to those believers and to us. And then I see that the Holy Spirit comes to empower us and to work in us and through us. And he always points back. Here's the beauty of the Trinity. He always points back to Christ. If you see something that's happening a moving of the, what seems to be a moving of the Holy Spirit, and all it is doing is lifting up a man or a woman or drawing attention to them, that's not the moving of the Holy Spirit. The moving of the Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus Christ. How do you try the spirits to see that if they are of God? How do you say, hey, I just don't know, was that, that real? Is that the real thing? The Holy Spirit will always point us to Jesus Christ. Christ. He will always draw us closer to Jesus Christ. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. And what I see here in this second point is we have Christ's power in our lives through the Holy Spirit that he promised to pour out upon the church. When I am weak, then I am strong. There's a concept today uh, I think an initiative came out earlier this week, about electric cars. And they're going to try to increase the number of electric cars. And you know what happens with an electric car? Over time, that power diminishes. And I'm seeing them more and more. I'm seeing little charging stations. Have you seen those in parking lots? Sometimes I go over and take my cell phone and just charge it. No. Maybe we should try that. But an electric car will, will eventually need to be charged back up. And I thought about that concept, don't we need to be charged back up as individuals sometime? Am I the only one that sometimes just even just day-to-day living has a way of just taking the wind from our sails sometimes? This rat race of life and then if you throw in a, 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 an obstacle or a trial or a sickness or, or an incident of some sort can pull us down. And I'm thankful there are times in our lives we can plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you have and will cultivate an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I hope that you'll do that. I hope that you know that the Holy Spirit, promised by God, given by the Son, He's available to be active in our day-to-day lives. He's our helper. He's our comforter. There is an experience, an experiential experience, Element. There are experiences in our walk with Christ. Oh, yes, we believe. Oh, yes, we hear teaching. Oh, yes, we we get it mentally. But I believe as Christians, as believers, the Holy Spirit is there. There are times we experience God. There are times we experience his renewal. There are times we experience his power. And let me encourage you, in your time of prayer... In your time of Bible study, in your time of worship with the Lord, allow the Holy Spirit to have intimacy with you. He's here to give us the strength and the renewal. And just like an electric car needs to be charged up, we need to be charged up from time to time. And the Lord has made provision for that. When I am weak, I can still be strong through the power of Christ's presence that is here in and through the Holy Spirit. Here's my third point this morning. God's promise. God's promise. Christ is in his position. Christ has given us his power. And Christ has given us a promise. Over in John 14, the promise says, there it is, says this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. Do you know this world is not all that there is? There's more. There's an eternal existence that we're all looking for when we'll expend eternity with Christ. There is a place that Christ is preparing for us and he has promised, if I go, I will come again. Who goes up must come down. He has promised that. Not only did Christ promise that, but the angels had some words. Can you picture that day when Jesus ascended and the angels said to the people, why stand you here Gazing into the heavens? Have you, ever, have you ever watched people watch people? I'm a people watcher sometimes, just so you, you know. Sometimes, it's just, you know, I don't want to be shopping if the wife's out doing shopping this and that. I'd, I'd just rather sit on a bench and watch people. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper, too. <laughs> but have you, have you ever seen people just kind of go, I think of that all the time when I read that. Why stand you here gazing into the heavens? And I wonder some of them that day, I mean, that was quite the paradigm shift. Some of them probably were standing there. And the angel had to say, Why stand you here gazing? They said, why do you stand here gazing, looking into the heavens? This same Jesus who went away, who you saw ascending, this same Jesus who you were listening to teach his powerful words, and then all of a sudden a power came upon him beyond anything you had ever seen or could imagine, and he was lifted up into the heavens. This same Jesus that you watched go away, he's going to come back again. Now, here's what I like about that. It said he was, he was received, he was ascended up into the clouds. I've been hung up on clouds lately. You heard me preach about clouds about a month or so ago, or while we were downstairs, and I'm, I'm stuck on these clouds. I used to think about that, and it said, this same Jesus who was caught up into the clouds, and I picture kind of a day like today, the beautiful blue sky, And the beautiful white fluffy clouds that are floating around. I've always pictured that. And I've always just thought about, okay, yes, he ascended up into the clouds. And that is true. That's partially true. But when you study that out and you begin to think about that and you realize there were clouds that were visible, that came up on the scene throughout the Old Testament as being representative of the glory of God. And that started to stir in my mind and in my heart. And I started to realize, not only did they see Jesus ascend into the beautiful blue sky and white puffy clouds, they saw Jesus go into the very glory of God. Now, why does that make me happy and why am i up here stomping around about clouds this morning? Because the angel said that the same Jesus who ascended into the very glory of God in the clouds is going to come back in like manner to receive me and you as believers unto himself. That means we have a promise from the ascension that one day we can leave this temporary world that we live in and be transported with him into the very glory. In the very presence of God. That's what we're looking for. As believers on this earth, right? We're we're travelers, we're pilgrims, we're sojourners. We're in search of a a, old songwriter said of a city yet to, to come. We're looking. What we're looking for, the finality of our salvation arrives in our glorification. That day when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory, and we as believers are risen with him, and this flesh will take on a glorified body so we can handle all the glory. That's what we're looking for. That's the promise that is from the ascension. It's the promise of Jesus' word. And it's the promise of the angel's words. He will come again in the clouds of glory. This morning, we have a Christ, a living Christ, who is in a position, means we can pray bold prayers. We have a living Christ who pours out the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. That means that when we need help, help is available to us. And thirdly, we have a promise of his return. That gives to me blessed assurance. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And all of these things I've preached about today and everything that I'm not, Jesus is mine. I can live with confidence that I have a great eternal high priest who I can pray to. I can live with confidence that I have a power to help me on my worst days and even on my best days. The Holy Spirit. And I can live with confidence that I have an existence that is to come that I cannot even imagine how great it's going to be. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Do you know Jesus today? Is he yours? Do you you have that blessed assurance? If you don't have that blessed assurance, you can have that today. You can ask the Lord To forgive your sins. Come into your heart and life. Become a believer. Begin to follow him. Have that blessed assurance as we live this life. I have two closing thoughts that are very theological, very deep. So deep this morning. But they were afterthoughts that I felt the Lord just kind of put on my heart. One is this. In light of all of this that we've talked about today, live in confidence. That's the first thought. Live in confidence. Stop second-guessing second yourself so much. Stop scratching your head all the time, wringing your hands, worrying, stressing, fretting. Live in confidence in Christ. Is that all right this morning? Is anybody like me? Sometimes my wife can tell me I, I can get wound tight. It's wound tight. Sometimes I can be so wound tight I have a hard time getting to sleep at night. But you know what? If I would live more in the confidence of Christ, I wouldn't be so wound tight. I could relax, right? Live in confidence in Christ. Here's the second thing I believe the Lord put on my heart. Sleep at night. Wow, pastor, you are profound today. When you're at the buffet at the Valley Country cooking over in Harrisonburg today, and somebody says, what did your pastor preach about today? Ah, he told me to sleep tonight. <laughs> sleep tonight. Christ has it all under control. Christ is he he's he's seated calm cool and collected at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is here helping us. He's coming back for us. All we have to do is believe and live for him except sleep tonight. I can't help but think as the pastor of this beautiful congregation and some of you here some of you online and sometimes maybe some of you aren't sleeping so well. Sometimes maybe you lay awake at night and you worry and if I'm preaching to you about that this morning, sleep. Put it in the Lord's hands. Get in bed and say, Lord, all right, here it is. And here, here is this, here is that, here are these things. And Lord, I, you, know, I, you know I can't do anything about it, but I'm giving them to you. Your, your word tells me to do that. I'm giving them to you. And then sleep at night. Sleep at night. Live confidently and sleep at night. Christ is risen. Christ has ascended. Christ is working. Christ is coming again. Would you stand with me this morning all over the house? Uh, worship team if you could get in place for the altar response this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Thank you for being here. Beautiful congregation. God is so good to us. Would you would you just bow your head all over the building? Close your eyes, bow your head, and can we just pray together this morning? If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, this altar is open. You can come and pray. We'll pray with you. You can accept the Lord. Prayer team is here. We have pastors here. You can accept the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe he's drawing you and you want to accept him right where you're at. And you want to pray and say, Lord, forgive me my sins coming to my heart. Find that blessed assurance. It's the best decision you can ever make. Build your life upon Jesus Christ and have that blessed assurance in your life. Maybe you say, to Pastor, I, I'm worrying a lot today. I've got a lot of stress and just feel a little overwhelmed. Let me encourage you to hand it over to the Lord. That's His role. It's His job. It's His, His, His responsibility. And I, I'm not saying that arrogantly. It's His responsibility to help you. To lift that burden and take you through it. And he loves you. And tonight when you go to sleep, sleep in peace. If you know everything's alright between you and God, give him your cares and then go to sleep. and Sleep in peace. And rest in the Lord and let your, let your sleep be sweet. I know why you You say, Pastor, why are you preaching about sleep? I don't know. The Holy Spirit just put it on my heart. But I can't help but think that just somebody needs that today. Give it to the Lord and let him give you rest. Let him give you rest. Let him give you rest. Lord, we thank you this morning. God, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that has been with us and is even still among us. Thank you for reminding us that we're your children, that you love us. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful account of the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead, ascended to the Father, seated at His right hand, living to hear our prayers. So let us pray with faith. Let us pray boldly. Living to pour out the Holy Spirit upon our lives. So let us receive generously. Living with the promise that He is going to come again. So let us live with expectancy. Don't let us be bored like that guy who had to tie the balloons to his chair. We got a lot to look forward to. Let us live with expectancy. Bless your people now with your presence. Let the Holy Spirit honor the proclamation of the word. Let the Holy Spirit cause your word to have a a dwelling place, a resting place, a point of interaction in our hearts and in our minds. And let us live out your words and live out your teachings and let us live righteously and godly in this present generation. And let us continue to be examples and living testimonies of what Christ can do. Bless your people now. We pray in Jesus' name.